I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. This week's guest is one of my favorite producers at the moment. Uh, his name is DJ Q. Q is part of the New York house crew that includes people like Just Ed, LeVon Vincent, Fred P., um, and Anthony Parasoli, among others. Uh, we went into that a little bit more in depth on Anthony's episode of the podcast, so if uh, you're interested in that crew and you want more after this interview, go back and check those out. For the past 10 years, and I'd say especially the past five, Q's records have been finding their way into the record boxes of some of the most tasteful DJs and selectors out there. Um, Coming from a professional dancing background, Q prefers not to classify his music or other music by genre. To him, it's all kind of just beats and rhythms, and uh, kind of goes like that old goofy t-shirt, good music I dance, bad music I know dance. Uh, so if you put a little pressure on him, though, he'll be more likely to classify his records as house music. Um, there's no doubt that some of them are definitely along the lines of house and deep house, but in my opinion, a lot of them blur the lines between house and techno perfectly. And some of the records, in my opinion, are undeniably techno, and they represent some of the most raw and twisted kind of techno sounds out there at the moment without relying on cliche elements like massive kicks, you know, high energy and intensity, or a lot of over-distortion. Um, but still, as you'll find out, Q doesn't really look at it that way. And uh, I guess what I have to say also is, you know, I really love Q's music and I own most of his records. Uh, I highly recommend that you check some of them out. Uh, this week is kind of important because his new album dropped actually last week by the time you're hearing this. It's called Conjure and uh, it's out on his label, Strength Music Recordings. It's really great stuff. There's some club cuts on there. There's some really cool kind of home listening cuts. And, uh, you know, he he funded the album himself. So if you dig what this guy's about or you like his music, throw a couple bucks his way and pick it up. Thanks. Uh, One more quick thing here. Actually, a couple more quick things. Uh, Summer is here. And those of you who do follow me for the DJ part of it will know that uh, I'm going to be taking off out of Europe for a while. It's looking to be like approximately six weeks. I'm going to be bouncing around quite a bit, which means that uh, I won't be able to record many podcasts. Um, In the meantime, I do have a few stocked up, so they will be coming out. But it's likely that I'll probably do one every other week for a good chunk of the summer now. So don't be surprised if uh, that happens or if they come up more frequently. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. Last thing, as always, thanks for your support. If you ever have any questions, comments, or whatever for the show, uh, hit it up on the webpage. I appreciate everything. To those of you who are doing the iTunes reviews and um, subscribing and all that shit, That's good times, too, so thank you very much, and uh, enjoy the podcast. DJ Q in the house. How's it going, man? Hello. How do you pronounce your full name for those who are wondering, because it looks a little confusing for some. Full name? 
Or, well, well, my first name is Ramon. Okay. And then my last name is Cusada. Cusada. So that's DJQ. where DJQ comes from. All right. Well, we got that out of the way. There you go. Thanks for coming over, man. Thanks for having me, man. Just uh, just before I turn the mics on, we were talking. We met previously in New York, I don't know, probably a couple years ago at this point already. Right. But it's nice to finally sit down. Um, you know, a lot of times people that come on the show are friends that uh, I've known for a while or people I just see out and about. But I actually haven't ever had a real conversation with you, so it'll be nice to get to know you. Right, yeah, definitely. And uh, a lot of the times on the show I'm, I'm talking to people and asking questions, but sometimes I know the answers. But as a host, i got to present it for right. the other people. No, so I now, actually, like I told you, I felt like we've met before, but yeah. my memory is so shot nowadays that I'm like, I couldn't picture, I couldn't put together yeah. where it was, you know. All good. But yeah, so I actually, I have questions that I'm, I'm genuinely curious about too. So we'll get into all that. Okay, cool. Um, I guess first and foremost, before we do the quick history lesson that I usually do, it's worth noting, got a new album out. Yes. Dropped yesterday, actually. Well, yes. officially, officially yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Cool. Yeah. And it's called? Conjure. Conjure. Conjure, out Conjure on LP. On, on my your label. label. Strength Music Recordings. It's been a long process. It's, it's an album that was actually supposed to be out last year. So, I was gonna, just to show you how long the process has been. I was going to ask you about the whole deal because I know how much of a pain in the ass it is to put out an album. And especially when it's like on your own label, your money, your resources, what a pain in the ass. Oh, man. And pressing plans today are just mm. not but we're running. Gonna, uh, they're not efficient, even not, though not more are popping up. So, um, But, yeah, let's start back at the beginning. Um I mean, where, where does it start for you? Like, how did you get into this? Were you a club kid, rave kid, or not at all? Or Yeah, I mean, I started with a family of musical people with Latin and like any other American kid raised up in the tri-state. Got into hip-hop. From hip-hop, that's where the clubs came. And, of course, I, a lot of people know I was a dancer at first, so... I heard about that. Is that yeah, true yeah. that like you even taught it and went off to Japan and stuff? Taught it, went out to Japan, did backup dancing for certain artists, a uh, few things. Yeah, so that was that was actually the first way I got to travel the the world wow. was through dance, and then naturally uh, through dance. Uh, what age were you at this point? When I was trapped, when I started doing it kind of yeah. on a professional level, eighteen. Okay, from so like kind eighteen of a prime to time. yeah. I'm like man. 18 to 23, maybe. That's Man, I, I started traveling when I was about 17, 17 or 18. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no better way to do it. Actually, a lot of the guys that I was dancing with and girls from back then still do it today. You know? Yeah. What kind of, uh, for those who are in the dance, what kind of, was there anything you were focused on mainly style-wise? Style yeah. I mean, by the time I started dancing on a more professional business level, it was straight on house house dance, which a lot of people in Europe don't even know that exists, you know, but there is a such thing called house dancing. You know, I've heard what, about it, but I didn't know it was, honestly, I didn't know that it was a real thing. You want to yeah. go into it real briefly? Or? It's, uh, I mean... It's basically dancing to house music. You know, you go to a house club and just the crowd's dancing. And as years progress, certain styles start to develop. And then the, the dance starts to get a language of its own that, you know, is specific to that style of music. And totally. from us doing it in New York, uh, it totally today, like when it comes to dance and, and club dance, it kind of dominates the globe, in my opinion. I mean, 
you have different styles of dance to house music from different sections of America, but the New York style of house dance took off. You can go to Japan and you see them do it. You go to France and Germany. Just I heard there's a German dance community, although they're hiding somewhere because I haven't seen them. But normally the dance community kind of has a, its own scene it's it like a meet at some place from 7 p.m to 9 p.m kind of right, thing right you know i would not refer to um the club scene in berlin as the the dance community no especially right now like i'm not going to name names at these club or which clubs but you go to it's like what what this is not dancing is what not, the fuck is it well, why are we here right? i'm not one to judge because i'm one of those djs that is not known for being a dancer so but music is there to move you and especially if you're in a club environment i, I mean I guess I also kind of get it because today I really don't even dance that much myself. And now I'm so, since I've been exposed to different club scenes around the world, I've kind of like fit into like what everyone else is doing at this point. So Sure. But do you, I mean, granted now you're actually behind the decks and whatnot, but have you kind of lost touch with the whole dancing part of it? Actually, it's funny because this Friday coming, uh, which is, we'll give a date. To document this July 1st, if I'm not mistaken, this yep. Friday. I'm actually playing a party in France called, it's at this club called June Club. Okay. Or the June Club. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. And in France, that's where all the dancers meet. All right. Know? It's it's considered like the soulful club in Paris. That's what they call it. I've actually never been there, so I don't know what to expect. But what I do know is... All the dancers will be there. And a lot of the dancers that will be there all used to travel to New York when I used to have a residency at a club called the House Dance Conference. It's going to be great. I haven't played a party like that in forever. Nice. You can't find parties like that no Do more. Do you have so. something a little bit more special planned for something yes. like that? Yes, because when you put me in front of a crowd like that, I know what they like. Okay. So hands down, it's not like when you start traveling to different countries, you gotta gotta figure what's going on and the DJ playing before you sure makes no sense to what you do. So you gotta fall in line a little bit. Right. So but with this it's not You're not, not gonna not go like, like straight techno, straight house or anything. No. It's it could be techno, it could be house, you just got gotta Funk, have soul, that whatever. Yeah, gotta have that dancing vibe. It could be hip hop, it could be anything, really. Right on. So it sounds like you're gonna have a great time. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, shouts to Atmosphere for making it happen. But There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, to, to kind of segue into the dancing tip here, I'm, I'm guessing that you're friends with Joey or you know him. Yeah. Uh, and Joey Anderson, for those who aren't listening. We, we met in the club scene. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a dancer too, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. He's probably, um, he's probably toned it down a lot over the years, just like me. So For but, dancing? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe it became more things. music dudes, you know. Yeah, you kind of get into it, heady, but then maybe when you get a little older, you, you get it right. back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, but even like back in the day when we were in the club scenes, like dancing still and stuff, he was just like me along with a few other people that like even though we were in the in the in the clubs dancing and it was a competitive style of dance between, you know, amongst each other, we were the certain type of dancers that were actually also into the music. Who are the producers that are producing these tracks we're dancing yeah. to? You'd so, be surprised how many dancers don't really focus on that type of Yeah, well, stuff. I mean... They'll dance to just anything that sounds good, but It's a clueless. good and a bad thing, because on one hand, like, uh, you know, European crowds are definitely more leaning towards... I always say that. ...not knowing what's up, whereas... Actually, no, they, I think they are more in tune with 
who are the producers that are creating the music the that States? we're listening to. Yeah. Hmm. Well, then the States, as far as the dance scenes, like I said, the, okay, they're two different, different scenes. Yeah, fair they're, enough. they're separate. They're definitely separate. I'm thinking separate. like club and rape kids and whatnot. No. But. See, I don't come from that, so I don't even sure. really, I couldn't Follow. even give you any yeah. information on like, that type of I know of. in the States, um, if you're in search of like a very specific sort of techno house, drum and bass, whatever, because it's not so accepted there, um, you you have to be kind of a nerd about it or checking shit out and whatnot. So it's like a very educated crowd there, but it's yeah. smaller. Whereas in Europe, it's just kind of more of a common thing to go out and have some drinks and whatnot and, 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 and party down. So you got a lot of kids that will show up. There's a lot of kids that come out to see me. They have no clue who I am. They don't care, but they're going crazy. And In Europe. Yeah, in Europe. You know what I mean? Whereas in the States, if I go and play... The crowd will be significantly smaller. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But they're all going to know more or less who I am. Maybe the last few records I did or the podcast. Because those are like... Not to say that they're the true fans. Because that's kind of a rude statement. But like uh, they've, they've been following you for a while. You right. know what I mean? They're the ones so. that know. Yeah. I mean... When I started putting out records, finally, the, 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 the side of the club scene in New York or in the States that started booking me because mm-hmm. of my uh, records, yeah. it was a totally different eye-opening scene that I never even yeah. knew existed, you know, because I was so stuck in my world. I had a hunch about that. I'm going to yeah. ask about that in a bit. It's, I mean, uh, and you're right. They, that, that, that crowd, they don't dance, you know, yeah. but they know... They know what's up. So they know the artists. You know, they yeah. know who makes the records, who's killing it right now. Whereas in the scene I came from, even though I thought everybody was on that type of time like we were, that we were interested sure. in knowing who it was that made the music, it really wasn't like that. But then you have hundreds of people just getting down to your set, you know? So it's 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 weird. Yeah. Weird world. I mean, in a way, I, you know, I always tell people like... Uh, the world needs more dancers or at least the scene, you know what I mean? Cause there's so many people listen. I get it. It's an exciting scene. It's kind of a hypocritical statement for a dude. That's a DJ producer, promoter, record label owner, blah, blah, blah to say, don't do that. But it's like, there's so many people trying to fit into the scene or have something to do with it. Understandably. So, but what it needs the most is just people that want to go out and get down. You know what I mean? It's a missing element, right? Big time. But, um, you know, so you've established roughly that you don't come from, like, let's say a rave or a club background. It's more of a would you, Latin, maybe, or, uh, well, you said house around 18. You kind of fell into that. that no, I got into of, house probably when I was like 13. Okay, so. 12 years old. Even younger. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, st- I actually started clubbing at a very young age in New York when you were kind of, you could kind of get away with it. You know, yeah. you can't get away with it anymore. Not anymore. But, in the late '80s, early '90s, you kind of, you know, if you was with the right person, you can yeah, get into clubs. Yeah. So I, I was in New York clubs at 13 years old. I started you know? at 14. You yeah, know what so I mean? It was a common thing, you know. Totally. Uh, these days, it's not even an option. No, I mean, there's more security than people half the time. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking at a time where it wasn't. I mean, at least the clubs I was going to, it wasn't about the bar. Like it wasn't no. about we. Our money has to come from people buying drinks. You know, totally. It, it was just you'd make money off the admission at the door. So I was able to get in, you know? I mean, it wasn't, uh, I was probably hitting up, uh, well, I mean, like 
more raves than clubs, but I was hitting that stuff up for a good six or seven years before I ever really saw an actual full bar at one of these parties or an after hours or something. Like you would never even like you would laugh if 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 you talked about alcohol being at a party. Right. And now, in in, at least in the states, to try and convince somebody to come out if there's no alcohol, it's it's nearly impossible. Yeah, it, there is no party if if, if yeah. there's no alcohol, there's no party at this point, you know. And um, it's a shame, but I mean it that's is. the way it is. Like I'm not gonna sit here and gloom about it, you know. What can we do, you know? Yeah, but um, you know, you kind of have established yourself in this group with people like Levon, Vincent, Brad P, Just Said, Anthony Parasoli, all those kind of cats. Um. How did you kind of come in contact with all those guys? Well, it was basically just Ed. Just yeah. Ed is like the meeting point between all of us. Okay, so he's the glue. He, so to speak. he was the glue that connected us together, you know, because Ed is the one who knew Levon and Anthony. Ed is the one who knew Fred. He's the one who knew me. So by us connecting with him, he connected all of us together, and then we all bonded, you know? Nice. Yeah, and at the time we were all in the same place, you know, trying to get music out there, and it just worked out. Roughly, when was this? Would you say that I connected with Ed and met everyone well, yeah, else? Like I would say about two thousand seven. Group, yeah, I would say about two thousand seven, roughly two thousand eight or so. Yeah. I mean, like I started the label in two thousand five, but from two thousand five to like two thousand seven. No one even knew I had a label because I couldn't get any distribution. I couldn't yeah. get anybody to even give Who a look. Who were you with at first? As far as distribution? Just, yeah. The only person, I mean, the funny story is before I even pressed the record, I had gave the demos to uh, Linda at Downtown. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, we like it. Let's do it. Uh, let us know when the records are ready and we'll we'll get it going. So I'm happy now because it's mm -hmm. my first record. I got a distributor. At the time, Downtown was a known mm -hmm. distributor. Uh, we get the records to press. The records took forever. I mean, it was months upon months. And I was new to the plant. So I'm like at the bottom of the, you know. Sure. Totally yeah, at pole. the end of the queue. Yeah. And it's like by the time they finally finished the record that I went to Downtown, records done they totally didn't even remember who i was and they were like i know you know what we can't sell this and it's too deep that's what they actually told me it's I too deep it. which is crazy because around that time that's when minimal was popping off not that it was a minimal record but i mean your stuff's pretty stripped down so yeah, but and plus the type of distribution they did i'm like i thought that's what you would want is yeah. something deep you know and i i don't know i don't know what happened but i pressed a thousand copies like a dummy, yeah. Because I felt my stuff would move that, sure. and now I had a thousand copies of boxes. But it wasn't unrealistic at that time. A thousand copies, you know. In two thousand five, it's uh, for a new artist, new label. It's pretty tr risky. But I don't know, that's when the, that's when everything started sinking, though. That's like when the digital stuff sure came in. But that's like when you're talking about some banging ass shit and whatnot. Like if you're talking house and like more stripped down stuff, deep house, minimal. Like it was picking up. You could still do it, but yeah, definitely a risky move. Yeah, you and know, for someone who's never done it to do a thousand yeah. copies and. Uh, they sat in my house for almost two years. I had a thousand copies of records. Some of them warped up from heat, you know, going through Damn. summers. And then uh, around two th end of 2006 or so is when I met Ed. Mm -hmm. And 
from connections with him, that's how I was able to get my records a look because at the time Ed was doing, he had his own label on the ground quality that was starting great Steam. label. He was doing stuff on Fexy with Omar. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, if Ed is saying, you know, give it a look, we're going to give it a look. So, mm-hmm. and that's how the connection happened with him. But he pushed those copies or he actually, what happened was, uh, so we, I, we, I did the first record and nobody wanted it. So I ended up doing my second record, which was called Semesters yep. with me. Ed had a track. It was a various, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, a, an, another good friend of mine, P-Funk. And with that record, we went back to the distributors. They took it right away. Cause of Ed's name really, mm-hmm. the record started moving and that's when, you know, Okay, well, I got this what other one got? here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they just took it and boom. It was gone. So yeah, gone. Awesome. And it's actually my first record not being distributed was probably my slowest point ever with my label because after that, it just little by little yeah, been going on up. So I mean, for me personally. Uh, oh, I, and real quick. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but no. me going through that with the first record helped me learn a lot too, you know? Oh, yeah. It's... it's it's good when you get pushed down to zero because now you got to like. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Redo these days, everything. There's some of these kids that like literally blow up overnight. And I, you know, you go to like the little DJ promoter dinner before the gig and these kids show up. They're like 23, 24. I mean, they got it going on. They're pulling down 3K a night or whatever. The girls are all after them and stuff. And I'm just, they're the biggest little dickheads in the world. And I'm just sitting there at the dinner table. Like I'm embarrassed to be at the restaurant with these kids. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I think of some of these people, I won't say names right now. And I don't think they're around two years later now looking back, you know, I know if that, if that were me, 23, 24 would have blew up and it wouldn't have ended nice for me either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame them. But, I mean, when you get to a certain age, you just kind of like, all right. Uh, you know, because at 23, 24, I had, some, I had some pretty good success, but I also had okay. some flops. I remember my first record sold 1,000 copies, and the label's like, we love your record, but it was a flop. Like, it was a disaster. Really? You know what I mean? But that was, that was years prior. So uh, You sell 1,000 copies now, you're the man, right? Exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that, that's the kids, though, and... And whatnot, but uh, you know, for me, I have to say, like, I'm I'm genuinely a big fan of your music since oh, like you. the gymnastics album, or even just before that. I have almost everything that you put out. I think, thanks, save for like Appreciate maybe one or two things. And um, yeah, I definitely know that, like, just kind of because when there's somebody I like, I just go back and I I buy the records. I'll you know, find the music online, whatever it is to like, kind of just, I'm a hoarder right. when it comes to music, you know, Collector. and, uh, it was, it definitely seemed like a slower period, but it seems like it picked up for you, let's say 2010, 11, and especially like maybe the last couple of years. Is that fair to say? Uh, I guess so. I mean, it's harder for me to see how what's yeah. actually going on. A lot of people a, say it was gymnastics. A lot of people say after I did the first album, that's what kind of like started sure, yeah. pushing me through. So I, I mean, guess that's the case, you know? Uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, since then you did a lot of great records. Was Mixing Room on Gymnastics? Yeah. I can't remember. Well, yet. Mixing Room. That was, was the first track from you that I really was like, dude, this, this fucking track. That's you know actually I mean? one of the tracks that I've gotten a few people say to me, Q, every time I play this track, everybody's like, what the hell is that? Like, yeah. You know? 
there's a lot of tracks I put out that people like, but I don't really get a lot of comments about it. Mixing Room, I got to say, I put it like this. I got so many comments on that record that Mixing Room originally came out in 2005 or six. Yeah, right? the ending of 2005 or beginning of 2006, which was another record I did with a, a partner of people. We all partnered mm-hmm. in. No distribution. Nobody wanted it. This was before Ed. Yeah. And I, after I, after Ed, that the record came out, it was only 300 copies sold out. Everybody's always asking me, how can we get it? And when I did gymnastics, I said, you know what? Let's so, put that uh, record back on there so that people can get it. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, and it's one of the only tracks of myself that I play a lot too on the clubs, you know, because I, I don't play a lot of my catalog most of the time. So. It's got such a great vibe to me. I mean, it's a perfect warm up track. It's like to honestly, me, I can't hear it no more. But we well, we all have those tracks of right. ours, you know. But like that, you know, I envision that like doesn't matter where you're at, Panorama Bar, DC Ten on the Terrace, something like that. It's got a great vibe. That's kind of where I picked up on it. But since then, like you did that uh, double sided with Eden and, and uh, do this here. Love that record. I, I initially Probably bought it. one of the best-selling records I've ever Really? Made. And they well, ain't like, even on my label. I'm pissed off. You, that's not on your label? No, I thought it's it was on, on a the Japanese. Strings. Really? So that's a Japanese release. Yeah. Oh, I didn't YYG even YYG is the label's name. Really? Yeah. The, the pur- it's purple, right? Purple, yeah. Interesting. Like, I bought it for eating because that's a very deep, um, like, moody cut. But then the other side, when I really listened to it, you that's, got like, I, that's the another one I in the play. funk. Man, like... That's one of those where it because it's a it's a beaten record. When you listen to it at home, it's really funky, and you're like, okay, this is this is for house set. But you drop it in a techno set, you're like, dude, this is really wild, heavy, right? yeah. yeah. And then when the vocal comes in, and they're like, you know, I mean, people just like everybody Thanks, goes Thanks. off, it's, and it's yeah. it's cool that you like it, you know, because you know how it is. You make records, you don't know how people, yeah, you know, you like it, but you don't know how people are going to the, react. These days, you send it off, they're like, yeah, it's great, thanks, I'll play it. And you're like, that's all you hear about it, you know, right. And, but I mean, uh, you know, going down, like you got uh, the Raw 7 record. That was big. That was a bit more on, on the techno tip. Was it? In my opinion. Okay. Uh, well, I got to say in general, I mean, I, I feel like the last two, three years feels a little bit more leaning towards techno. But that's the thing. Like a lot of guys say that you lean towards, you're like, you're a house dude. You're a house DJ, blah, blah, blah. But when I hear this stuff, I think, man, this is techno. I mean, some of these tracks like that... Uh, What's that? The later one, the red something. The red. Uh, it came out like a year or two ago that you did it with the sweaty, sweaty one. Oh, track. sweaty one. Red tones. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean that record's hardest. Well, fuck. yeah. No, red tones is a. That would be. I would consider that. Uh, actually, when I made that, I kind of had Berghain in mind. It's hundred percent Berghain. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like so these it's, that. That's a heavy one. Basement but, clubs. See, that's the thing. Tech. When you say techno or, or you say house, to me, they're the same thing. Like I don't see the the. I was going to say the only difference, but no, there is no only difference. To me, they're the same. Yeah, know? no, I mean, and I, I totally respect that. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's like I, from the time I grew up listening to the music, I heard them. I didn't know techno really till like in the 2000s, to yeah. be honest, the, the term, you know, what techno is, you know, like because I thought it was just all house music. Yeah. A mm. lot of people from New York at that time, that's how they viewed it all. Just yeah. club, you know, it's club music. You would hear, you know. Totally. A Tyree track from, the, you know, back in the day, which today would they would say that's a techno track. I mean, even though it's a Chicago house track, you know, you know, when I listen to, you know, I'm keeping up on, on, on shit right now. And it's like, man, somebody's pissed outside. Uh, nice well, view, by the way. Thank you very much. For those who 
it's it's Can't very where green, we are. right? Yeah, I got a nice. Yeah, you know view. what? This actually reminds me a little where I live yeah. back in the states because I moved out. I'm at the countryside. Man. Oh, so you're not in Brooklyn or anything no, anymore? I'm in Jersey, all the way out there. I'm 20 minutes away from Pennsylvania. And that's where it's at, right? Yeah, I live like this. This is all I see all day. You get, it's amazing. I need a while, it. I need you know? it at this point. It's uh, it's a, it's if I got to do anything in New York, whatever. It's a drive, but I'll take the drive just to stay yeah. living where I'm living because I'm actually at the point I'm done with the city life. Did that? Been there? Yeah, don't need it no more. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a guy that I grew up in a place where it's all nature. There's no city. I grew up in a town of seven thousand people. Mm. I'm, I'm, That's I, what I'm looking. I for. went off to Minneapolis when I was eighteen or nineteen years old, um, and I mean that's uh, it's not the biggest city in the country. I think it's like the fourteenth biggest or something. There's the metro area is three or four million. It's not really a big spot itself but it's very naturistic anyway i came from nature and then you know when i fucked off to europe and every weekend i'm hitting up for the most part i'm in metropolis areas you're talking paris amsterdam whatever which is awesome i i don't i love it but you're like okay these are all cities and then so when you finally when it came time to find a spot and it's all about what to look for i'm like you know what i need something with a little bit more of a a nature vibe going on just so you can check out once in a while. And maybe that's, a, that's one more sign of getting old as I'm going into yeah, my thirties here and shit. You know, I mean, where I live, I kind of got there by accident, you know, yeah, kind of went through a breakup Ended with a relationship. My sister had moved there with her family first. I was broke. I had nowhere to go. I just knew I had to go. Yeah. And she offered me a place to stay in her house. I went down there. Uh, when I first got there, I'm like, even though it's New Jersey where I grew up, I never even knew that part of New Jersey even existed. And now today, I don't think I'll, if I leave, it has to be to a place that's uh, kind of identical to that. You know? I hear you. I mean, like, uh, I like where I'm at now because it is not central in the city, but it's I'm in the city. And, I, you know, I'm still, I like to go out. I'm young. I like to hit up restaurants and all that shit. So I have all those opportunities. But honestly, I stay within like a like a kilometer. So like, let's say about a half a mile from my house. I got a bunch of restaurants and like a bar or something that yeah, I that's can. That's the thing. Where I, I live, I have everything. It. Yeah. There's I nothing I, you have in the city that I don't have. Yeah. I don't. The only time I need to leave my hood is to go to the studio. Right. And I should be there a hell of a lot more. And that's the thing. Where I live, I am like home all day long in my basement. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, though? I don't know, because I'm always on the road, too. So it's like when I go home, I just want to be home. I hear you. Know, you. It's not like I'm home three months. You know, yeah. I'm always every week, two weeks, I got to go somewhere. So, yeah. And it's, I like being home. I have my basement with a mini studio because I don't have everything out right now. Sure. I got to renovate. And I just, I'm good. Uh, do you have a big studio or are you more of a software guy or... Work. No, I I got software. No, I don't have a big studio, not at all. No. no, I got software. I got some hardware. I got what I need as far as fair enough. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not not like a super technical dude. No, or... no, no. I'm not a gear slut. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm none of that. I don't think that means anything. You know, like it's nice to have, but it doesn't. Hundred percent, man. I hear you totally. Yeah. I, if if one day I can, I would buy everything yeah. gear wise. I would want, you man, know? but I, mean, I don't need it. I. 
I, I love gear, but honestly, the only reason I started buying it again in the last few years after having almost none, uh, I needed tax write-offs. You yeah, know well, what I'm no, saying? Yeah, that's so, why I do some certain things. Yeah, you know? like and, I see you have now some I'm pioneers. I bought them too because yeah. why I give it to the Uncle Sam, right? Exactly. Like the way we call it. I agree 100%. But uh, I, I'm actually renovating my basement because I'm trying to set it up as a studio. And then once that's done, then I'm going to start, you know, properly. Nice building. one. Because I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. So I can really set yeah, it up the way I want. Stick around out there. Yeah. Right on. Um, before I move on to some other stuff, I wanted to, I wrote another note down here. One of the more recent records I got that came out just before your album was the one on the social experiment. Oh, uh, yeah. That one's fucking slamming oh, too. Thank you, man. Thank Super you. funky. Um, vinyl only. Vinyl something. Well, there's social the, experiment. the cycle, yeah the social experiment. That was yeah. It's a final call. Yeah, and, such a uh, cool record. Yeah, a lot of people like that. I one. mean, like because the baseline in it. I don't know. Like you said, you don't really come from the rave or club scene, but it feels like a perfect, you know, perfect baseline. Yeah, that track is the per that like that track. Are we t- we talking about final call? Right. Oh hell yeah. That track right there, to me, I mean, nobody else is going to understand this because obviously you're not in my mind. You're not in my head. But that track right there is the epitome for me of of uh, what the music scene was like when I first got into it, you know? Yeah. Where it was you would hear vocal records with a hard record with a because that track has a lot of edgy. It's all different elements to it. But it can also be kind of funky and like, you know, it can flow with anything, really. You can play a soft house track with it or go mm-hmm. into a techno, a hard banging techno track right after, you know. So it's like, that's totally. the epitome of like what uh, it's, it's very, music uh, is, kind of. It's like, uh, I don't know, the wordy word word for it would be like amalgamation, like a really everything kind of coming together oh, at once, it. you know what I mean? And that. That was really cool. And um, before we go a little bit further, I guess I'll segue that into to your album here because uh, I do want to talk about that. Um, and the album kind of seems to have a lot of influences, whether it's like hip-hop, down-tempo, a little bit of techno, house, whatever. Um, so I guess I want to know everything about it. Like, uh, you know, what, what is it a hip-hop-influenced album or what kind of... It's an album is a, that is... Basically, uh, it's just a little bit for everybody, mm-hmm. more so. It's really not focused or geared towards one direction, whereas in, like, let's say, gymnastics is a little more one-directional music. Sure. You know? It, I would say gymnastic was more clubby, actually, in my opinion. Had a more club There's a little feel. bit more of a dance feel to it. Yeah. yeah, than Conjure. Conjure is more just... Here's for the people who are into this. Here's for the people that are into this. Here's for the person that's into this. Are you into this? You want some more of that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Always little. good for some organics. So. Yeah. Organic vodka. <laughs> All right. Dustin's got me drinking organic vodka here. In, in that's, a minute, I a, might this, start. We can curse, right? This, oh, yeah, fuck right. yeah. Fuck. This it's is about to get Geiger. fucking. It's on. It's about to get Cheers, fucking man. organic. In it's here, very. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's definitely a. There's a lot of influences on that record, you know, and, um, you know, we've been hinting at the fact that you were never a club kid or a rave. Well, you were a club kid, yeah. but like you didn't have the, you didn't come from like the. Was Limelight considered a ravey type of thing? Uh, 
if there if there was ever a rave club, that is a I've rave done. club there is next okay. to like let's say Burkine. So you were a limelight kid, or I went like three four times, and I was like, this ain't for me. Uh, you know, I I've met a lot of people over the years that um that grew up in New York. You talk about Dave Sumner, Anthony, all these people, and uh, I mean, it sounds like some really dark vibes out there. Not even like oh, we're playing dark music, but like it was a very hardcore like yeah, uh, questionable people like if you're if you if you're an intense person like you can make it there that's what i gathered from it maybe it wasn't right. like that well but. see that place had like so many little rooms of music going on you i mean of course you had your sure. big humongous dance floor and then it had little rooms you can go into that had like different styles of music that was different from the main room and i would always be in one of those little rooms dancing yeah. Like two or three of my friends, and we'd be the only ones dancing. What were they playing in those rooms? House, beep okay. house. You know, so it wasn't techno? just like because uh, I know at the time they would have like everybody from like Kiyoki to Jeff Mills, like really hard raving music right. back then. Yeah, in the main room. Yeah, but I was never. That was not. That was not thing. for me. Fair enough. That was not. That type of party was just not. I mean, wasn't for me. So I mean. And it's even evident a little bit on on the album, but maybe some of the records I mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, you you definitely getting down to house a lot. You refer to yourself as a house guy, and I said like, man, some of these records just scream techno. Like, where does right. this darker influence come from? Then, like, even before it you was, made it out to Berghain or whatever. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. From the at the time that I first got into it, it was a special time, man. It really was because there wasn't this separation like it is today. You know, I where feel you. This is techno now and this is house and uh, this is the new South African house and mm-hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s, it was, it was just... all one thing. Especially in New York. That's why they call it the melting pot because they just played it all. So mm-hmm. you just... It was this... It's just music, you know? Yeah. So the edgy stuff was always there for me. Like if I show you old tapes of like DJ disciple, who was a big influence, he used to have a radio show. I don't know if you ever heard of him. No. What's that all about? He used to do radio in New York in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. And if I show you cassettes, which I still have of his shows, You'd be like, okay, I totally get why Q does what he does. Okay. And he was so considered a deep a house bit of show. Everything, yeah. Right? He was considered a deep house show. Yeah. You know? So that's why I have that mentality. Cause that's where I came from, you know? Totally. You know, I mean, like, I, it seems like that was the case, not just in New York, but all over. Uh, one of my all-time favorite tracks is JD's Plastic Dreams. That was a big record, Fuck, man. man. Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's a classic anthem. That was house music. I played that around April. It is a house record, yeah. but I'll tell you what, like, that first two minutes where it's just the bell and the, the kick drum and the bass. It's scary. Like, when you hear that Michael at four Myers. in the morning, uh, you know... I remember the first time hearing that I just like ran up to the booth as quick as I could. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then, you know, cause this was already like 15 years ago, that record been out for a long time. He's like, okay, little kid, right. this is what it is. You know what See, I mean? But now but, today, after all my, you know, global travel and getting enlightened now, if you pull out JD, I'd be like, yeah, that's a techno record, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I'll tell you what, when that organ and stuff comes in, it's like, it's a very, it's not melancholic. I mean, it's a happy thing, but like the no, tone. It's not how happy it's, at all. It's not. That's what I was going to get at. Like when you look at it, like even though it's it, overwhelming, actually, when it first came yeah. out, it's like I remember when I first heard it played at the, it was a club called the Sound Factory Bar, which was actually a block away from Twilo. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, what the? F-? Everybody was just yeah. like, what the? F-? 
I mean, they, there's just records that aren't coming out like that anymore. No, and it know, was like, DJ Louis Vega. I don't know if you know who that yeah, is. Yeah, of course, yeah. He's a he's a house soulful guy, and he's playing this record. You know, it yeah. was a record that transcended genres. It was just if it was good, and everybody just said, "This is a good record. Let's play it." Exactly. In all scenes, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, big yeah. record, big record. Yeah, and there was a lot of cuts ain't too like many that. big records no more, man. No, because I think things change. It's so frequent, like yeah. you know, yeah. uh, attention span is gone, and it's like, like that is a great record. Let's move on. What's next? Right. So you exactly. don't really have time to sit there and like really figure out like how many wow, years Classic Dreams, you know, ran the club. You know, well, a couple well, was of like, years what, probably ninety two, ninety three. It came out yeah. something. I could be there. wrong, but it's, uh, you're close. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, like a lot of like actually today this morning I was listening to an old Merc Redder. Uh, Intruder got me burning. I don't know if you know that one at all, but it's what like it? uh, the Merc guys. Oh, Merc, yeah, burning uh, up. Intruder, burning, yeah. But the dub, I was listening to the dub one just over here on the decks. Merc, and you know, it got me burning up. The whole vocal thing. It's okay. the same track. I'm sure I know. But like, you listen to this, and you're just like, of course, it's a straight up house record. But at the same time, you're like, you could play this in any techno set as long as you're not hammering the ass end out of it. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like it's so. Because it's uh, the same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. but these days, um, it's very divided. You know what I mean? You yeah. got it's all sunshine vibes, or like uh, we're st- we're stuck in this tunnel for eight hours. And it's only divided for marketing purposes. In, in reality. Yeah, totally. That's all it is. And, and um, we, as music people, mm-hmm. we let them give us that mind control, you know, and say, yeah, well, you know what, this is that, and this is that, mm-hmm. when it's really the same thing. It, it comes from the same place. You know what I mean? I agree. And, you know, I mean, that's why I think a lot of your music has, um, you know, you kind of fit that middle ground where it's like, you're not really sure. Is this a techno record? Is it a house right. record? We could sit here and debate it. I mean, my you know? like my sound, my I'm, like I might have a certain specific sound, but there's really no difference between my sound and let's say a drum and bass guy. Not well, a good drum and bass it, guy. It, yeah, it comes cause... from the same place. You know what I mean? Even though we're doing our own thing, it's coming from this. And that's how I view it. It's coming totally. from the same place. I mean, uh, you know, when I first got into shit at the end of the 90s, I was flirting with drum and bass at first for a few mm-hmm. years. And some of those old drum and bass records are so awesome. Like, you know, especially the early Ram stuff where it's like it's super funky, but there's a little bit of flirting with the darkness a bit. And... um then, of course, like a lot of things that got too dark and too hard and whatnot, and it lost the plot. But I would say, like, there's this kind of weird in-between area where you can't describe it, but it just kind of pleases everybody, and it's got a groove. Right. It hits for the people that need, like, the, yeah, fucking kick it up. Those are the and big then, records. Yeah, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I think you, you got that going on. There's, there's um, I can't think off the top of my head, but there's plenty of producers that I like that seem to ride yes, that five line. Too, you know, the last episode is Ryan Elliott. He's a perfect example of a guy that can ride Super the line cool between dude, techno and house. And you you can't really, you know, figure out what genre he's playing. It's just somewhere out there that that's right. great music, you know? Shouts to Ryan. What's up? Um, but the album, I mean, as we were talking about earlier, you were saying that you put it out on your own label took a little longer than expected let's talk about the process i mean it yeah. seems like it was a pain in the ass uh it was uh, like i said it was an album that was supposed to come out last year uh it, yeah it came out on my label only because i can't see me giving out something like that to another label no matter i mean 
Did you it think was, about shopping it, or were you no. just like, this is for me, this it's, is what's up? Yeah, something like that is very, I have kind of like a emotional connection to it. I understand. And it has to stick to my, on my side. I mean, not to say I wouldn't give it to another label, but it depends what label, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't just be for anyone. You gotta, you know, do you feel a connection with them? Do you, because I mean, it really is, I think a lot of, for a lot of people, an album should be kind of like a milestone in the career. Like you should, if there's a thing to take seriously, it would be the album. It's the only know? thing I think you can use to tell a story, you know, mm-hmm. and hit different angles the mm-hmm. way you want. You know, you can really spread out. Whereas yeah. with an EP, let's say, you're very limited. Yeah. You have to be straight to the point with what you're trying to convey with an EP. With an album, you have room. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, like, it's it's a lot of work because you have to, of course, there's the actual production process of making sure the packaging's great, the artwork, all that stuff. Right. But um, you also have to deal with, like, uh, promotion or lack thereof. Every label's a little different depending right. on what they want to do. Um, I mean, is this, now that this is the second time you've done it on your own label, I, I get the impression that like this is this is something you're down with, but after this one, are you like, you know what? I might consider if there's a third album going elsewhere, or are, uh, are you totally okay no. with the whole yeah. putting in the work? Yeah, I mean, it's really the work for me is making the music. Really, that's okay. not even the work, but that's where most of the time is spent. After that, as far as the production side of things, it's really you know all I got to do is send it out, and then. When it's done, it's done. That's even, that's out of my hands at that point. So I'm I'm just relaxing there. As far as like promotion and stuff like that, <laughs> there, there really is no promotion. I don't really do any yeah. promotion. I just put out the music. So fair yeah. enough. So it's something I can totally do again. If I was someone who has to deal with PR and you know do all this like certain Running labels the do, then I'd be like, yeah, let's just give it to this label. Let them, yeah. you know, handle that. I don't, I don't make have it happen yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. But since I don't, since a lot of that, since fifty percent of that is cut off from what I do, it's a lot easier. So most of the time is me, not necessarily making the music, but coming with what type of album is it that I'm trying to do? You know, sure. because like this album, Conjure, started as a three vinyl set that got cut down to two. You know, so are we going to see something coming out of that, like another few tracks or an EP? Uh, or no, because I actually already have my next EP done for After Conjure. That was one so, of my questions. Yeah, if you got something done. else coming up, yeah, well, but it ain't the next EP won't be out till you're gonna next let it year. breathe a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let Conjure roll for a little bit. You know, especially since it took so long for it to get. How long did it take you? Well, well, to write it, not to to write it. I mean, the writing part. I would say maybe when I decided to do the album a year and a half ago, the writing part, I would say 70% of it was already done. It was just okay. filling in what was missing to comp- make it sound You complete. realize that, oh, I got an album here. Right. That yeah. kind of thing. Okay. So, I mean... Yeah, musically, right now, I can probably put out two, three more albums right now, but w- would I be happy so you, musically? I don't know, yeah, you, you know? You always in the studio, always making shit then? Uh, not always, because I got to be kind of emotionally into it too you know like i gotta be inspired and sometimes you know you're traveling on the road you get home and the last thing you want to do is like you just want to relax so i'm not the type i mean i know a lot of artists that are like freaks you know they're like always in the studio just bumping them out bumping them out that that's not me no fair enough so i mean 
as I mean, you kind of hinted at the idea that you all of a sudden you realized that you had some tracks together and it was an album. But I mean, so I guess that means that there wasn't really like a an idea in mind. You're like, this is my idea for the album, the concept, and then you write from there. Or, or you real? No. Did you come up with the concept? You're like, I already have the tracks. Actually, I I had the like I had music, you know. So it was just a matter of putting an album together, really, because to try to you know to say okay. The concept is this, and so now let me make all the tracks to fit mm-hmm. this concept. It's gonna take me forever, you know. No, I, uh, I can't. I, tried I actually that. can't I tried do that music four or that five way. Times over, man. That might work for some people. That doesn't work for me. That yeah. you give me here's the goal, and I'll make something. Like I can't do that. Yeah, that's kind of why I stopped remixing. I stopped because I just saw that this ain't for me. Like no, I, I have to spend whatever time I have for music. It has to be for me the way I want to do it, how I want to do it. Regardless, you know, I, I can't be uh, put in a box to perform yeah. something. You just so, want to write, and right. let the feelings come out, Freely. and deal with, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, in a way. Right, exactly. I mean, I, you know, today I was kind of going through some some tracks of mine, and uh, I mean, I did an album a couple years ago that was definitely more. Cons- uh, well, I don't want to say conceptual; it was just dance floor tracks, to be completely honest. Okay. But the idea was, I'm going to make a dance floor album. I'm a but it was guy. probably a story with it, though, right? I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you have I a made story. a journey you, you, out of it. You, you know? hope, you hope, yeah. uh, you hope people get it. If, but... if you listen to for it from start to finish, you're like, okay, that sounds like a solid DJ set. Okay. But um, long story gets longer. I, I am in the mood, or I'm ready to make a new album. I don't know when it's coming, if, when, whatever. But that's kind of the idea. And I've been writing a lot in the last six months, but um, and I originally intended for it to be just a few EPs or something. And I'm like, well, there's, I kind of see an idea for an album here, but then again, when I look at it, it seems like a collection of tracks right okay. now. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I got to work that. Uh, maybe it, maybe it is just a collection of tracks, and it'll be Could EPs. Be. But it was like when you looked at yours, were you just like, this is a collection that fits, or when you did you do the math later, and you're like, actually, I subconsciously kind of had it in mind that this is what it was going to be, or uh, or was it just a feeling? See, it's, thing? Yeah, it's it's a feeling. See, it's tough to, for me to answer things like that because I'm not that deep, you know. Like yeah. for me, it's very just feel it out. Feel it out, yeah. Feel it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Even 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 the fact that I put out an album is because I don't know. Organically, something just felt like okay, it's time for a new album. Kind of like what you're saying that you yeah. feel like it's time for an album. You know, I. I'm not someone who's saying, okay, I'm putting out this album. Next year, I'm going to put out a new album. You know, like, that's just whenever I feel it is when I do stuff, so. No, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I'm i not that deep, you know. So, so when I speak to, like, some music people and they we, we talk about music and the way they refer to music, like, I can't really, because I'm just not that way, you know, so it's like. No, I hear you. I mean, everybody's different. There's some yeah. people that really work well with the, in the confines of this is the concept, let's roll with it. And then there's other people that are like, listen, I made an album in three days, and here it is. And then it's an incredible album. Right. So, it, you know, it doesn't really matter at that rate what what school you go with. But, um, you know, I guess my next question is, because there's a lot of people on this show that uh, they're definitely, they're more on the inspire, aspiring side of things. Um, okay. You know, do you have any tips for someone that might that's a producer that might want to 
starting album, like what they should look for, what they shouldn't look for, or I mean, it you know. Uh, mm, do I have any tips? Not really, Not man. Really. Because if if somebody's thinking of writing an album, it's because, in my opinion, you should be wanting to write an album because you feel like you want to write an album. Not because you have to write an album because it's the thing to do. So, but that's if a, you feel like you want to write an album, then there's you know that's a everything damn good should fall bit of in. advice though. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that uh, will present an album to me, and or not necessarily to me, like, release it, but they're just like, oh, friends that are, um, they wrote it, they think it's an album, and it's really not bad, but sometimes it's a collection of tracks. Sometimes it is a fully conceptualized album, but um, I don't know. It seems like maybe they wrote it because they were hoping that, like, the album can get picked up and it'll help See, the career I don't, or I something. Don't, that's something. If, if that's somebody's... Outlook of why they're doing it. I'm the last person you want to talk to because I don't want to, I don't understand. Yeah. I have really no comprehension of that. It's like if somebody feels like they want to do an out. If somebody's writing an album, to me, it should be because they feel like they want to write an album. And especially if you're operating in our scene and our style of music that we do, you have to do this because you love it. You know, you have to do this because it's something. It's a passion inside you. It can't be motivated by maybe if I write this album I could get on and I, I don't think that's the way to go not especially not in our music scene not not what we, if you're doing hip hop or something else maybe you could get away with it but what we do I agree if there's no honesty in it it's gonna show like yeah well even if it doesn't reflect in a bad way it's just it's gonna get swept under the rug yeah you know what I mean and um, that's the thing like if I I think I think a producer's goal in our scene should be to contribute more to what's been going on already. You know, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be to let me try to become the man, you know, or the the woman I, you yeah. know, musically. Yeah, I don't think that should be the motivation. And there and unfortunately in our scene there are some people that operate that way. Trust me, there's some sharks out there, man. Big time. Yeah. But and it's you know. a shame cuz I don't think it's necessary in what we do. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's a thing. Like, especially when you get to a, a bigger level or tier of things where there's a lot more on the line. Uh, you know, I hate to admit it, but sometimes it's nice to have those sharks on your side rather right. than against well, yeah. you. Kind of like when you're in school. Right. It's a lot better when the bully is on your side rather than against you. Right. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it sucks, and that's it's it's terrible, but it's also inevitable. But uh, it's a I fact mean, of life, right? You know, I I think what it comes down to, like, there's a there's somebody that I have in mind that has an album coming out. Let's say, actually, I don't know. I think it's coming out in the next few months. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I know that this person in general has absolutely no doesn't. You can just tell by his profile he doesn't give a shit if it like nets him a bunch of gigs or not because it's more of a definitely a feeling and. Uh, I have a hunch that that's probably going to work out pretty well for him compared to the guy that's How could like, it not? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Not? It's more sincere. And not only that, it's going to stand the test of time. I could guarantee it. Yeah, definitely. Whoever this person is, and if the album is coming from the place you're saying, yeah, it's going to stand the test of time. And ultimately, musically, I would think, even though nobody can really consciously do, you know, do timeless music, but you would want your music to, after it's 
done and put out to the world to become a timeless type of work. So you don't want something that's here today, gone tomorrow, you know, big time. So speak, speaking of that, like, uh, let's, let's talk about, we've been talking about the present and your album and stuff like that. Let's talk about, you know, the present going into the future here. Um, like I said, what I've gathered from, you know, just being a, on, from the, a fan from the outside perspective, is it, it seems like it's starting to pick up a lot more in Europe for you now. You were actually supposed to do this podcast with me a few weeks ago. Right. I got stuck in Italy yeah, for a few man. extra days. Hopefully that was a good thing, right? Uh, normally no. I'd be down for it. You know, uh, it's a place that has become pretty important to me, not just because I'm playing there a lot and it, you know, helps pay pay for things but i mean like i've, I've developed friends i really respect the culture people. and the food yeah i mean it's italy is an important place to me now and but the thing is is sometimes when you want to get home you just want to get home and tell me about it man. i uh, yeah because i mean you're saying you've been home three days this three month. days this month man and uh you know i actually had a a great weekend it was like i got to stay on the beach i was swimming in the ocean uh djing like got paid for it great food there you couldn't really ask yeah, for much I was, more. I was in italy last saturday man okay so everything you, know, so. you just said yeah is exactly what happened oh wait you're you're in puglia bari right yeah yeah my uh guy my label zippo was there and he was saying that uh he was saying you know he's a little i don't know if you met him or not but anyway like that's where he's from and it's such a beautiful area amazing yeah. food out there great but people. i think i don't like i think i well i was supposed to be in bari but something happened it was a beach club Mm-hmm. And something happened with the licensing, so they ended us. Oh, well, they, they moved they, it, huh? Yeah. So Levon was in town playing. Levon Vincent, yeah. yeah. At some, I don't know. Really, I you know, it's sad. I don't even remember the name of the city, man. It's, I know well, it starts with it a T. A T, okay. But uh, so they just made it that me and him play together at this outdoor That's awesome. event. Yeah, so it really it was, came to be. I saw like a little, I don't know, two minute video or something. Yeah. It seems like. Uh, oh, it was. I mean, it, it was it, that's man. a thing like there's you can go you i can, actually got to the party three hours early i never do that when i'm yeah. playing somewhere and i i'm happy you i did you know i mean that's the thing like don't get me wrong I've, I've done the awakenings parties a number of times they're fucking incredible they're huge the lighting uh is incredible the production's top notch staff is great all that shit but like Sometimes you can't beat like when I when I saw the party that you were talking about that video it was what maybe a couple hundred people something like no. that was it bigger oh yeah okay I couldn't really tell yeah, from it was the video close to a thousand oh wow it was outdoor it looked like this it was just all totally out. You but like you were in this like want. cool little like I don't know tiki hut or some the shit DJ like booth, that yeah. yeah and it just seems uh, I know like, what video uh, you're saying is because it's a shot of us at the DJ booth there's a because there's a few videos I've yeah. seen of the party I only saw one okay. but like to me it seems like more of an intimate vibe and like you know. There's not like uh, it was. It was definitely more about the music and having fun than like yeah. the light show and all that. Yeah, it and, was a uh, big crowd, but at the same time, you're right. It was an intimate party. It wasn't like you know. You didn't have to be like, all right, we got to play bangers right. and shit like that. No, so, not at all. Yeah, but um, anyway, I was stranded in Italy. We couldn't do it, um, but I did make it back, and now you're here. But what I was getting at before that is. Uh, you're over here quite a bit lately, and is this so? This is full time for you now, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. It's basically, it's been that way for a while, or uh, been that what's been that way? Coming here a lot, basically. Just no, just yeah. DJing, putting out records, like yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's basically, I would say four about four years ago or so, 
I left my full time job. So ever since that, it's been full on. Never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. When I was working full time, uh, I was gigging already here and there. And yeah. I just did whatever I had to do to hold on to my job till I hit a point where it was just impossible to do both, you know? Yeah. And it, it took for like a year or two before I quit. I was already making more money with music than I was working, obviously, yeah. you know? And like, uh, I just always prayed to the most high, you know, like just let me know when the time is right. And then the day came when I said, okay, I don't even know if I'm going left or right anymore. So at this point, something's got to go mm -hmm. and it ain't going to be the music. Cause that's what's governed my life since, you know? Yeah. And when, when I left my job, I can honestly say I did it at the right time. Yeah. Everything worked out, you know? I mean, that's a thing like, uh, you know, it's not fair for either of us to judge when the right time or wrong time is for a person. I just right. know that it was roughly the same situation for me. Uh, I had a career in IT. It was really starting to take off. Money was good. Stability was good. And the techno thing was, and was working out well, too. And it's just like, listen, it was getting to the point where both, I don't want to say careers, but both jobs basically required a certain amount of, focus right. and dedication and i had you to, I like had to I decide did. you're just like well listen this this boss needs this from me or these dance floors need that i can't do both anymore otherwise i'm gonna let them both down right i made the right choice you did it like i did it you waited till there was a break you waited to the breaking point where there is no you can't keep both you can't anymore question only it. one can stay. i mean it's a safe way to do it right that's Maybe, how that i know. recommend that because i see a lot of yeah. I, i'm not gonna say names but there's a lot of people i know young young people that are into the music and they want to quit their job and move to wherever to pursue music and i don't recommend that honestly yeah, me personally i don't i mean it could be good for them maybe but i don't recommend somebody just dropping everything to pursue music even though you don't really have anything musically going on at the yeah. moment you know i mean it's here's the thing like if it works out for you it pays off tenfold and it's awesome you got stories for days but the reality is is it probably won't um and the other part of it is is that uh the main thing is, is a lot of people say, well, of course, they don't want to work. But more than that, they don't want to work. They're like, well, I want to travel. I want to see the world. And I'm like, I totally get that because I like to travel and all that shit, too. But the thing is, is, yeah, you want to you know, see the you're world, gonna see but you're going to like airports and airports. Yeah. You, you know, I security, mean, security, TSA, that's what you're going to deal with all day. I've been to Rome. I don't know, man. Probably two dozen times more than that. Never seen the Colosseum. I mean, you know what I mean. Like I've, I've, I've eaten that amazing food. I've had great times in Rome. I have a certain affection for Rome because I can't talk about it on the See, air. That's the thing. But uh, you know, I you, haven't seen the the shit that everybody else sees. You said you've been there a couple dozen times, so it gets to a point like when the next, let's say, calling from Rome comes for you. So you really need to go there again. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it becomes like that for me sometimes. Like okay. It's, why is it feeling like work a little bit when it shouldn't? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's why it depends on the promoter and, and right, the party. Right. Money is nice, too, sometimes. Money is nice, too. But, uh, My thing is I don't like airports, really. That's 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 no. what I'm trying to get to. No, yeah. I don't well, like airports, man. Not, I don't not like many airplanes. Of us do. I don't like nice, none of that. The nice thing about Fumachino is you can get a decent bite to eat there. Yeah. Go, and go free Wi-Fi. That's right. Um, 
So we've established basically that you're in Europe a lot. But I mean, what about the States? Are you playing out there much or not really? Nobody or? plays the States much. I mean, I, I mean, do you? Hit I think the people from Europe or? probably play more in the States than I do. I, I, yeah. I probably play the States like maybe five times a year. Yeah. If I'm lucky. Yeah. I mean, and I, a lot of bookings that I get requested for, I'm probably not a, I, home that week. So I can't do it, you know? No, I, I feel you. I mean, like, uh, there's a lot of these guys um, that are like on William Morris and these bigger agencies that are doing uh, Electric Daisy Carnival and all that kind of shit. I did that once. Uh, you did? Yeah. Interesting. Was it any good? Years or? ago. Uh, young. Was it the Vegas or was no, it before Vegas? It was the... Uh, was it still in Cali? No, it was the... Uh, we're talking Electric Daisy Carnival, right? Yeah. They did one in... Uh, I want to say Yankee Stadium or Met Sta- Met Stadium, the parking lot. Oh, that's right. They did a New York yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I did that one. Was there any good or no? Young. Yeah. Well, that's what we eighteen year olds yeah. actually. So it's it's more of a uh, a circus show. Well, really. I mean, it's what fun I look at them. those gigs is I look at it. Those as are money gigs, really. They are money gigs, but at the same time, I'm just like I know that I'm not necessarily going to take anything away from that experience. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play some crazy shit. And they're probably not going to get it now. But two years later, when they're listening to stuff, they're like, oh, actually, you know what? When I was at EDC, fucking DJQ played some pretty wild records. And, like, that vibe sticks with them. You know what I mean? And so we always hope, right, that we could just catch at least one. Yeah. you know, and I mean, at but least if you could catch one, you did your job. Exactly. And I, I really believe that. But those places day. are hard because it's like... <laughs> Six, seven stages going off at the same time, and you're just, they're just, it's like you're at Woodstock almost, you know? Totally. But, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, it sounds, you know, when you say, like, if you can just catch one or something, that sounds like a highly romanticized, almost cliche sort of view, but it's like, you know what? There's some parties I've been at where uh, you're hearing, like, I don't know, Dan Bell or Kooky Scientist playing some really weird, uh, quirky shit at six in the morning. That resonated with me, and I'm here now, and then, I don't know, maybe the cycle goes on. Maybe it doesn't. I don't really care either way. That's but what we hope for. Like, yeah. That's what we hope for. Yeah. So, who knows? I actually was having a conversation with, I don't remember who. It was when I was in Berlin last time when I was supposed to meet with you that I played Watergate, and I was talking to somebody at the dinner, and they started asking me in America. Was Delano? They, no, no, no. It was a somebody from here from berlin cinti the girl no 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 she wasn't one of the djs she was just somebody that was there at the dinner and she was asking me uh in america is the edc i mean the edm crowd are they slowly getting into the house and the techno from and i'm like if it is i don't see it because i don't think that's transferring well at all like and that's what we all hope for with the first edm you know first blew up that little by little that's a good, but no, but that's a good point to bring up because here's the deal. Um, and again, this is from an outsider perspective. This is from my personal experience. I, I played New York for years since like over 10 years ago. It was really tough for me in the beginning. I mean, you get like 30 people out there. He's, you're not getting paid, that kind of shit. And then finally, I don't know. Well, I'll put open almost what? three and a half years ago Around let's there. say a year before that i started playing at some other things the party started getting better like you could tell things were picking up a bit because it was really kicking off for a while and 
the one thing I realized with these crowds is, you know what? This is not um, this isn't a crowd that grew up listening solely to techno or house or in between. This is, and then so I started talking to these people, and some of them were like, "Oh yeah, uh, a year and a half ago I was in a Dead Mouse or whatever you name it, one of these EDM names." And I realized like a lot of this New York crowd, or at least that I was playing for, was definitely their 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 gateway to all this was that kind of shit. Oh, okay. And then you know now or at so least, I wish that girl talked to you because I totally trashed the whole yeah, conversation well, I mean, like that. But everybody's got a different perspective. Right, and that's right. why See, I'm curious to know it. You're from clueless. New York. You probably know more about it than I do. I don't know. And so what I kind of pulled away from this was listen, um these kids were all into that shit before and now they're into like Richie Hot and Chris Liebing and um Okay, cool. Jamie Jones and all that kind of stuff, Jack Master and whatnot, Seth Troxler. Um, but I was talking to one of those guys at at that top level, and I was explaining to him, like, listen, I, I was hanging out with some of these kids in, in the New York region, rather, and they were telling me that a year and a half ago they were into this shit, and I really think that there is something to this EDM scene, and it's not going to catch everybody, but let's say it even catches 5%. That's still a, a significant amount, <laughs> and those kids are going to be into that. And we're in the car, and he's like, oh, that's bullshit, Zon. Just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Not that mean, but he was totally dismissing right. it. And then a year later, he's in an interview, and he's taking the exact <laughs> words that came out of my mouth and making them in his own. And I'm just like, uh, this is it. Like, this is really I, – I think there has been some uh, trickle okay. down from EDM. All right, see. But um, at the same time – a crowd that's going to maybe listen to, let's say, like Richie Hotner, Dubfire, realistically probably isn't going to look up DJ Q. No. You know what I'm Unless saying? Unless Richie so, Hotton books me and, like, you yeah, know, you get to see my name that Hammering one of your records every week or right. something. So I can see why there might be a disconnect. But there, there's definitely a trickle down to... And while some people might think that a name like Richie Hotton is no longer underground, when you look at it from a global perspective, Richie's still pretty underground. You yes, know what I'm saying? Yes. So, um, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there is, but I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm American, and when I when I lived in the states, I I played there a bit more, but nowadays I can really only play there. Well, I'll do New York three four times a year, but that's that's the only city where I play more than once a year. Yeah, you know, I'm really fortunate to do that. It's a lot. Um, but all the other cities, I'm lucky to hit once a year. There is no other cities for me except for maybe California. And maybe DC. Yeah. Other than that, or oh, in Seattle sometimes, you know. But other than that, there's really no other cities for me. Yeah. I mean, or oh, in Chicago. I'm not far okay, off. I'm messing up here. So okay, there's, there's more a few. Cities there's a little far. bit of love. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really tough, you know? Yeah. And um, for the You most- definitely, as a DJ, can't survive playing only in no. the States. But it's, you're going to have a full time job, that's yeah. for sure. I was just talking to uh, David Truncate um, about this. And we're both just like, man, I would never met him, but I like his music. Yeah, and he's a really cool dude. Cool. Um you know, basically we're both just like, man, it would be great to to play in the States more because, you know, uh I never get to travel the States at all. And actually in July, um I should mention these dates at the end of the show. I got a big tour coming up for the States, but I mean that's like once a year kind of thing. I I know Europe like the back of my hand, but the States now I have no clue what's going on in all these cities. And I think there's some cool shit going on. Like a lot of people that think of Trump and Orlando and all this bad shit. I mean, I'm not going to lie being here. I think about that too, but there's a lot of awesome stuff going on in the States that I would love to see firsthand that they don't report on. Yeah. 
Yeah, or just you know people hanging out, cool food, cool movements going on, whatever yeah. you know. So there's nothing you can't find in the states. You know, you can find it all. Totally. Um. So let's kind of get back to to you a little bit here. You said you do have a new record that's coming out. Um. Well, maybe next year, roughly, yeah. right after. But I do album. have the next record done. Okay, the next EP done for after the album. And you We're going to let the album ride for a while. You you know? it, it took you know? so long for it to release that I think it's to yeah. do it proper justice. Let it just flow. No, I feel you. I know and the attention span today with music is bad, but you know what? Who cares? Let's if you got the gigs, just it's it. You know, right. just, I mean, the only reason to rush the record out is to get the gigs. And if you're not worried about that, then it doesn't matter. Um, but you said you quit remixes more or less. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I got to a point where I just didn't I didn't have the inspiration anymore to do gotcha. remixes. I didn't want to try to rework someone else's vision anymore. And mm-hmm. I just not to say that I never will again, but I for the last few years I I've cut it off completely. I feel I mean and I don't regret it. Actually, yeah. So. I you know I made uh, a good part of my career coming up on remixes, and then I kind of cut it out for a while. I have a couple coming just because I uh, they're friends and I agreed to it. But for the most part, uh, I'm staying away from it. But I, I may go I back to say no to future. my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, and the thing is, is you actually if if you're if they're your friends, there's a good chance you're more musically um, connected to them. Right. So when they say this is what I got going on, you're like, actually, I can rework this. Right. Whereas if some random dude. Yeah, messages you from Russia you're like nothing against the guy but no. you're like this we don't have any connection right. what am I going to do and then it's an instrumental yeah. so it's like you want me to remix an instrumental there's no not even words or anything I can grab onto you know it's like yeah. I just said to myself is it is it worth it number one and is it and is it even doing anything number two yeah. you know, like what's this about here and I came to the conclusion just stop no, I, I feel you, man. Like, basically, it's the same way. I if it's if it's for friends and it works out, I'll do it. But for me these days, if I was going to do a remix, it's got to be like I don't know. There's got to be like a vocal or something that really I feel like you know what I can give it my own touch and not just I'm going to take your synth and put it over my drums and call it a day. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And, uh, and that's what happens a lot with remixes. Well, that's know? because it's, that's it's what very it sounds simplified like. music. You know. Uh, I think like actually my more recent stuff has been a bit more tribal and banging to be honest but for a while I was really on this kick that like everything needs to be very stripped down and kind of moody and whatnot and it's like there's not so many elements in it so it's like well what are you going to do take my kick drum and this in the snare and the in the the synth and pitch them all down and then put your shit over it. Like right, it, that's what they do. So it's like there's some people I'd be like, man, I'd love to see what they could do for a remix for me. But then I realized, like, you know what? They couldn't do anything special to it because it's so basic as it is. Right. But even I mean, even when I think of my DJ sets, I don't think I really play even too many remixes. Like I, I think know. I play more original tracks than I do. I mean, there's a lot of good remixes yeah. out there, but oh, now time. that I think about it, I don't, I don't even think I play many remixes. I'd have to look at it, but that, that's that's interesting. I mean, like, so for people who are listening now that either are Q fans or maybe they're like, I got to see what this guy's about after this. Generally speaking, what could they expect when you get up on the decks? I mean, is are you going to play a lot of house stuff or anything goes? 
Anything goes. Okay. And I'm the type of person or DJ that the crowd's pretty much going to determine how the night's going to end off. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, I come from the DJ side of things. I, I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm a producer, but I was a DJ first. Yeah. So I have that attitude where you're there to do your best to make the Deliberate. crowd rock. Yeah, because... I feel there's somebody the standing right behind you ready to replace you at any moment you know what i mean you know and I, I i've said it before on the show and i'll say it again now like i i don't take it lightly that people will come out to spend 20 30 bucks at the door to see me play you know what i mean like i i try to do my best whether there's it's a flop and there's 20 people on the floor or there's 2000 you know I what to. i mean um and of course, the sound will be different. What I'm gonna play, but I try to deliver for that because I know, like, even to this day, if I have to go to the door and pay twenty bucks for something, I'm like, I better be getting a show because it's a lot of money, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You so, gotta, it's uh, it could be tough. You know, you're coming off a, you know, mm-hmm. maybe your gigs in the states. You're coming off an eight hour flight, and now you got to be at the place, and you know, it's not easy. But yeah, that's a good attitude, like. Don't take it lightly. Don't sleep on no gig, no matter if it's five people or 5,000. Big time. And rock. Rock the best you can. I mean, I guess, would you say, like, right now it's basically your album tour that you're on, right? I wouldn't say that because the album just came out. But, I mean, the album came out now. And uh, since the album, it's funny, since the album came out this week, you know, the requests are coming. Yeah, they're like, you awesome. know, it starts off like, and I'm just like, okay, here we go, Q. That's I hope awesome. you're ready to, uh, you know, eat some protein bars. Yeah. Um, Keep taking that vitamin so C. Let's, okay, so in the past month, you've been in Europe quite a bit. Um, what kind of places have you been? I actually, I'm actually taking off in August. Are you? I took August off. Okay. Take, I decided, let me take a vacation. It's not a bad idea. I'm going to go to Cuba. I want to see Cuba. Now that, now that we could go there. Did, did you like, apply or are you going to go around to go No, around you can to, go now. Well, you got to apply though for us, right? Or is it pretty easy? Uh, you know, I applied. I applied. Okay. Plane tickets bought. How much is that from New York? I, I don't know because it's like a family trip. So oh, okay. It was like, if I had to break it, it's expensive. It is expensive. It's almost $1,000, I think. No shit. Yeah. Okay, but is it is it, is, is it as expensive when you finally get there, or is it still relatively cheap? Or I guess you haven't been there, so no, it's not like no. you know, but we're going to have it's, to have a talk about this later. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, interested to see what that's going to be like. I'm, I mean, I'm, it's already changing. I mean, there's people that are going to Cuba all the time for tourism, just not Americans, right. but I definitely want to get there before people like four seasons and shit like that move in and just redesign the whole place it's coming it's coming and uh you know i feel like i've already missed out in a way but i'm gonna get there within the next year for sure check it out you know what yeah, I but mean? i thought it was time to take a break you know and i said you know what this summer you know August me living in the states yeah. flights being the way they are let's just we don't need to do nothing hit it hard in september yeah recalculate yeah. so but i mean like uh as i was getting to before june um what kind of venues have been at like what like because for people that don't get it like is there any places that you're playing at to be like oh he's he's that kind of guy that they can get get a feel of like weren't you at dc 10 or something recently yeah or, i was yeah. just at dc 10 a couple of weeks ago i'll be back in a couple of weeks okay uh, that's a wild party that one shout out to for the crew me, for me like i don't uh, I enjoy, I love the island of Ibiza. 
I don't care about the scene about it. But if if there was one place that I could do in Ibiza, it'd be DC Ten. I mean, to be honest, I'm like you. I have the same. Uh, the island's beautiful. Can't yeah. deny that. And as far as the club scene in Ibiza, if I had to pick which is the best club, it's DC Ten. Yeah, man. It's, for my taste, it's DC Ten. Yeah, it feels like a party. It's not so pretentious, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, just it, you can definitely disagree, but I, my opinion is like, why would you go anywhere else? No, I, I hear you. Why? Man. I hear you. You can, but why? Big time. So, um, I guess I'm getting towards the end of my questions here for the most part. Um, Good. We can start taking shots now. Yeah, and I got a piss too, so I've been holding it for a while. All good. But uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we shut the mic off? Let's out? see. Let's see. Is there anything I had Shout to mention? Shout outs, anything people need to know? Shout outs. Shout outs to everyone I know, man. Cause Podcasts I'm, or anything? This organic vodka got my memory a little, so I, I don't want to start trying to there you slur go. out names. But shout outs to everyone I know. Uh, looking forward to June Club this Friday. Uh, Conjure album out now. Ask for it at a record store near you. Uh, that's music from the heart. So hopefully, hopefully you if dig you it. Pick it up, you'll dig it. Yeah. If you want something more clubby, definitely check out the back catalog. Right on strength, yeah. you could definitely find some clubby stuff on strength. I'm a club dude, man. I, yeah. I, I have no shame in saying that. I grew no, up in the club, yeah. so I like clubby stuff. Totally. You know? Uh, and Dustin, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, this and was I, fun, bro. I'm happy I did this. You know? I'm happy you came around. Yeah, you have man. your own radio show, right? I just started we, one on NTS. Ah, good point. Even, That's something else I have to mention. You man. know, I had uh, Cosman's got one. Cosman TRG's got a yeah, show on does. NTS. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't even. I don't even think we mentioned it. Oh, you know, but shoot. we're getting a little lit up here. So. Yeah, but Strength Music Hour on NTS. Next show is July 6th. Uh, and it's my birthday. It's, is it? Yeah. So happy birthday. Yeah. Tune in. Twenty four again. I'm shout you out. Tune there in. There we go. Uh but it's uh the NTS show is just once a month for one hour. There you go. That's all the time I had. But I, I had the itch to do radio again because I used to do college radio back in the okay. early two thousands. And I don't know, I just got an itch to do radio. So, so they- I'm happy NTS took me on board and so they get the and full Q experience, or is it a dance show, or what do people full expect? Full Q experience, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm I'm happy that it's a outlet for me to play things that I normally just don't get to play anymore, you know? Gotcha. So anything goes. Any other, like, podcasts or radio shows that people should check out, recent stuff? Uh, well, since we're in Berlin, it's not my show, but I'm going to give this a quick mention. If you're in Berlin, you have Berlin Community Radio. Check out my man AB's show. It's called Context. It was just there today. He had a show today that was fun. We were guest mixing. Uh, and uh, that's about it, bro. Awesome. That's Any dates it. to plug? Um, this is coming out next week. so. Uh, well, I'll be back in New York then at the point. When this comes out. So check us out in New York. We got a party going at, uh, actually, it's a TBA uh, thing. Yeah, no, no, not the club TBA, but it's to be in. I don't even know exactly where it is. I'll do posts about it. But all my New York friends, I'm going to be back for a week. So please come out. Let's party. I haven't seen a lot of them in a long time. So So check that out. Yeah. Uh, As for me, uh, I got a new record out. Actually, it's available digitally now. It's with me and Emmanuel. That's out on uh, Enemy vs. Arts, our little kind of uh, 
record label battle thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I got a big tour coming up starting now in North America, South America, and Canada. Uh, house set in Minneapolis, couple dates in Argentina. I'm um, going back to Panther Room for my all night Zon house nice. set stuff. Um, if I'm in town, I'll be there. Nice one, man. 31st of July. Uh, a couple days before that, I'm in Los Angeles for the first time in four years, mm-hmm. doing a four hour set there. Uh, we're going to bang the ass end out of it, so that'll be good. And uh, there's a couple other dates, uh, Houston and whatnot. So check it out on my site. Check out his site to get his dates. www.strengthmusic.com. There you go. Dude, you got good memory, man. That You just ran off a list of gigs that I don't know how you had that all up here, man. I can't, I can't remember anything. Well, I'm not going to lie. I had to make the little... Uh, the graphic that you're gonna put on Facebook that was that was the morning coffee ah, okay. task. <laughs> cool. So got your banner. If you like my artwork, which means putting putting words over my face, then uh, check out my Facebook. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good Brother, one. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. Good night.